0: Crossword family and friends Welcome to our Monday Night Reel Hashtag ask Your opportunity to ask me any question you have Spiritual question, relational question This is your opportunity To get to know me better And I can get to know you better Amen So we're going to get started We have people who are logging in People who are sending questions So we're going to wait for some of these questions To be uploaded right now Amen. Reach out to somebody and let them know that we are now live and sending your questions. I'm gonna open with a word of prayer, and then we are going to get started. To get to know me better. I'm- Let's look to the Lord, our Father and I, God. We praise God. We praise you, God, for this forum. We praise you for this opportunity as we go live to witness to people, to answer questions, to be a blessing to the multitude. So Father, I pray right now that you would just relax spirits. I pray right now, Father, that you let your children know you love them. Even in the middle of the season we are in, let them know that you are in charge and in control. Father, touch and anoint. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first question that we have this evening, we have some questions from last week that we're going to entertain. I'm gonna clean those up. So if you have a a new question, you wanna send those in now so they can get in the queue and then I can answer those questions. So from last week, send them in. Amen. A question that we did not get a chance to get to last week. Someone asked a question, Bishop, should I celebrate holidays? Bishop, should I celebrate holidays? Interesting question. I know there's some religious organizations they don't believe in celebrating holidays, so I don't know your religious background. I don't know if you are a member of CrossWord, but I would say yes, you should celebrate holidays. A holiday is a holiday. Actually, it's a day off, how about that? I know in the US we have like 10 holidays, 11 holidays every year. That's almost a free day off every month. So yes, celebrate that holiday. I know some people will say, well, we shouldn't celebrate Columbus Day because Columbus really didn't discover America. How can you discover something when somebody was already there? Well, I'm celebrating that day. If it's a free day off, I'm celebrating that day. You wanna get political with it? You you wanna cross the T's and dot the I's? You do you. But that's a day that you can relax, spend time with family, a day that you can spend time with the Lord. Even if you disagree with that quote-unquote holiday, it could be a day that you change it to a, a religious day. If you don't like holiday, call it a religious day. And read your word, pray to the Lord, allow God to anoint you. So let's not overthink this. You need some time to do you. You need some time to regroup. If you're married or you have children, if you're single, whatever you do in this world, there's a lot of pressure on you. So you need to make sure you have some downtime. We are always going and always doing for others and doing for self. Sometimes you just need a a you day or instead of a a you day, do a me size day. Go and let somebody take care of you. You only get one life. So be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. I hope that answers your question. Amen, great question. The next question is, how can you let a teenager know that they can go to sleep at night without dying? Interesting, how can you let a teenager know that they can go to sleep at night without dying? I had to make some assumptions here and I don't normally like making assumptions. I'm assuming that you're referring to the COVID-19 pandemic and that teenager is afraid, if that's the case, you just have to continue to encourage them. Now, if there's something else connected to that, you need to give me more information, but you need to let them know that, especially if you are a Christian, that you have prayed for them, and they can pray for themselves. Now, you need to make sure that they are not going around people who may have this virus, or going around people who are not taking care of themselves. This is a season that we need to practice social distancing we need to wear masks. I know there's different counties and different cities and different states. It's all a mess right now, and I'm sure we'll get more questions about this. But you need to be your own best advocate. You need to be the Lord over your house, the Lord, the Lord over your teenager. So you need to encourage them that they need to pray and ask God to protect them. You need to encourage them not to be fearful, that we're not to live our life in fear, that we're to live our life in faith. So let that teenager know that the best thing they can do is read the word. Are they reading the word of God? How about that? And that's for everybody. During the season that we are in, you should be reading the word of God. You should go through each day reading God's word. Matter of fact, you should read Psalms and Proverbs every day. Psalms is just a book of praise. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. You ought to make it coincide with the day. Today is the 18th. You ought to read Proverbs 18 and Psalm 18. That's a good way to infuse the Spirit of God in you. Psalm Again, that's praising God. So Psalm 18, and then you read Proverbs 18, so you can have wisdom. And then the moral courses of 19, you go Psalm 19, Proverbs 19. That way, the Spirit of God is dominating that teenager that you have, encourage them to do that. We all need to be in the Word of God right now. As you heard me say often, and I'll continue to say it, every time you open the Bible, God opens his mouth. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Every time you open the Bible, God opens his mouth. So tell that teenager they don't have to fear. Fear not, for God is with you. Fear not, because God is on your side. Fear not. Read the word of God. That will relax that teenager before they go to bed. Have to read the word, and God will be with them. Amen? Great question. Thank you for caring. The next question says... I don't agree with the president and the governors to open up the states. What are your thoughts? Wonderful, wonderful question. I don't believe with the president, don't believe with the governors about opening up the states. What do I think? Well, understand, it's a political nightmare going on right now. In Washington, and local politics, the states want to open up because they're losing finances. The government president wants to open up because he's trying to position himself to be reelected I don't really think anybody's really thinking about the common man or the common woman so you need to make sure you're taking care of you and your household now the truth is we do need some things to open up because those who are being impacted the most are minorities those laborers so they have opened up businesses that they call essential businesses and they're looking at opening up more but I don't know if they're really being wise. And really, people are not being wise. You, do you really need to go to the beach right now? Do you really need to do those type of things? So we need to take responsibility for our own life. We need to be responsible. So should they open up some things? Well, yes, the economy has to open up, but we cannot be too quick to do it. Again, be wise. We cannot do it just because of the political climate that's going on. So as far as the president and the governors, let me talk about our governor, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is is, is a good governor. He has a heart for California. But what we have, when I say we, I'm talking about the churches. What we have a bit of push and pull with Governor Newsom is that he wants the churches to be open in the third phase. He has a a four-phase plan. The first plan has already been thrown out there. The second plan is moving forward now. The third plan is not slated to happen until months from now. Months from now, they want the churches to open, and that's just for me. That's way too long because the church is essential. But we don't talk about, what we don't understand. The churches stand in the gap for many things, many organizations. The churches are there. The church is where people go to get counsel. Marriage counseling, the church is where people go when they have an addiction. That's why we have solutions for life. So people could come in on a Friday evening. Normally, those who have been delivered from drugs, they were going out Friday, Saturday night. That's why we have solutions for life, so people could have a source that they could talk to somebody before they relapse, before they go back, quote unquote, out there. That's the church meeting the needs. The church provides daycare, the church is essential. So is it the right time? I can't really speak to the right time to open up everything. No, it's not the right time to open up everything. But there's some things that need to be open, but let's not make it political. Politics will always be politics. We need to be about our Father's business. So again, as I said earlier, let's be wise. This is a season that we must be wise. And let's keep God first in whatever we do. Amen? Great question. Thank you for asking that. The next question, if you want to read the Bible in its entirety, where is a good place to begin? Now, the short answer would be to start in Genesis, but that's not the best answer. If you want to read the Bible in its entirety, I would say read the New Testament first. Because if you're not a Bible student or you haven't really read the Bible before, you get caught in the Old Testament. It's going to confuse you. It's going. It may not resonate with you once you get past Genesis. So a good place to start would be the New Testament. Understand, and I have taught this at Crossword, the Old Testament, that's the Jewish Bible. The New Testament is the Christian Bible. So really, we should spend more time in the New Testament than we spend in the Old. Now, there's always that person that says, well, the whole Bible is relevant. That's what the Bible says. All scripture is relevant for reprove, to encourage us, to correct us. All scripture is relevant, but the Old Testament is the Torah. It's the Pentateuch. It's the Jewish Bible. That's what the Jews read today. The Jewish people, those who are practicing Judaism, they don't read the New Testament. They don't touch it because their Bible is the Old Testament. From Genesis, they, they read that, but they are focused on the law. The first five books. Of the Torah. The first five books of Moses. The New Testament was given to the new church. The New Testament. is about us realizing that Jesus is God. So if you want to start reading the whole Bible. Read through the New Testament first. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read through the Synoptic Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is part of the first four books in the New Testament. But the Synoptic Bible. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are synoptic, meaning they have a lot of symbolism. So you want to start there and push all the way through until you get to Revelation. Again, not discounting the Old Testament, but start with the New, then go into the Old Testament. Amen? So how would you define the term reverend? I'm going to ask that that when you say question is, give me a little bit more detail. When you say how you define the term reverend, Reverend is a term of leadership is a term of endearment is normally based on the particular denomination if you come out of the Baptist denomination it's Reverend if you come out of the Kojic church it is more of uh, bishops and, and things of that nature so it's just a title it's a title that a person is to be revered a person is to be respected so that's really based on denominations here at Crossword, I don't use the title reverend. We, we use ministers because we are ministers of the gospel. We use pastors we, because we're pastoring the sheep of God. We use uh, bishop title and things of that nature. So it depends on that denomination. And it's nothing wrong with it. Let me say that. So I don't know if you had a bad experience with that. It's just a title. That can, some people might say that you shouldn't revere a man. Well, I, I get that. But it's just a term of respect for that person, that male or female, who is in that position of leadership in that church? Amen? Well, great question. Thank you for asking. The next question that just came in, are we getting a COVID-19 site at the base, a COVID-19 testing site? Well, for those of you that don't know, we just started a COVID-19 testing site at our main campus. And really, the city reached out to me asking, could they use our location as a COVID-19 testing site? A- Amen. I sent out um, a Facebook post saying that basically it wasn't enough uh, testing sites in Marino Valley. Well, there wasn't any testing sites in Marino Valley. Let me, let me say it like that. So I sent out uh, a post on Facebook and I reached out to the local powers that be to question, why did we not have something in Marino Valley? And, I thank God for Supervisor Hewitt, his office responded immediately and said, well, crossword, you want to be used as a testing site? We'll do that. So we started that today and we had a great response today. Now, will we do that on the base? I wouldn't mind doing it on the base, but understand we are not owners of that property. We lease that property from March Joint Powers Authority. So I would need to get their approval because they have ownership. I don't know if they will want to have a COVID-19 testing site on the base. I'm not opposed to it, but I would need to get permission. But I think that's a great, great, great idea. So I'll look into it. Amen. And share the fact that we are testing here at Crossword. There's nothing to be afraid of. And you have to register. We had two train of thoughts going forward, but the... County decided that they want people to register, so you have to call the 800 number, go to our website, get the 800 number, and sign up because they need to get your paperwork done before you come in to get tested. The goal is to have 100 people a day. Today, we have like 83 that came through, and that's a good start. But share it with somebody so they can know that they can get tested right here at Crossword Christian Church. Amen? Next question when church services return with social distancing in place how will the church handle potential long lines to attend once capacity is met there's a whole lot going on when it comes to reopening the church i posted online that the men came together actually passed coop and some of the men we came together to take out seats and it was seasoned men the young bucks didn't show up. The 18, 19 year olds, the 20 year olds, they they didn't show up. So those of us who are 40 plus and 50ish, we removed over 350 chairs. Men, we gotta teach the young men how to be men. We removed over 350 chairs to give the social distancing space in our main sanctuary, in, in the Haven Sanctuary. Now it looks good, but we're not ready to reopen. But we want to do the same thing in the court building and also over at our march campus the idea is to be able to maintain social distancing once we have the green light to open back up now i do have a target date but i don't want to make that public but it will be it will be posted when i feel the lord is releasing me to post it but the question is how do we do it to make sure that we are not harming anybody So with social distancing in place, how would the church handle potential long lines? The best way to do it, you would have to register to come to church that Sunday. Let me say it again. You have to go online and put your name in the queue so that you could come in that Sunday because we have a headcount. So all this is fluid. So don't hold me to anything. We'll work through it together and figure out what's the best way. But again, the church is essential. I want you to be safe. So I'm going to take my time to do this, but we will reopen, but we will have smaller numbers. We'll have more than two services, three services. We're we're working all that out with my team. So keep looking, but great question. And thank you for asking. The next question. Bishop is being spiritual the same as being supernatural. No, it's not the same. Both of those terms have problems both of those terms are outside of the norm of Christianity supernatural is being I'm trying to be careful here That that's almost more satanic when you talk about being supernatural that that's more of an, an occult we, we use that term in most circles that's what it's used for and then being spiritual what does being spiritual really mean? being spiritual we want people to be saved And when you are saved, you have the spirit of God in you and the Holy Spirit dominates you and you hear what the Lord is saying to you and you follow the precepts of the Lord. But being spiritual can take on a whole different take. It, It can mean a whole different thing where I'm more spiritual, but I'm not compassionate. I'm more spiritual and I'm so deep, but I don't have compassion for those people who are lost and turned out. So we need to be careful when we talk about these titles. Spiritual and supernatural, two different categories, but I'm even afraid of those who say I'm spiritual. When you are spiritual, you show the love of Christ. When you are spiritual, being spiritual doesn't mean you just quote a whole bunch of scripture and you're so deep and you're so profound. No, being a spiritual person means that the Holy Spirit dominates you. And when the Holy Spirit dominates you, you become a person of prayer, a person of faith. You become a sensitive person. When you cry, you start crying for the destitute. You'll be more compassionate. You'll feel the pain of people who are going through. You'll start crying for somebody you watch on TV who just lost a loved one. Uh, Or someone who just lost grandmama because of COVID-19. You'll see them crying and the spirit in you will start crying and you will mourn with them. That's being spiritual. But the other umbrella I'm against is being so spiritual or so heavily bound that we're no earthly good. God left us here to intersect with people. He left us here to be amongst the people, not to be better than the people, to be among them, to let them know that there is a difference in Christianity. Now, for those who are saved, when the Spirit in you meets the Spirit in me, we're family. We have a connectivity. Regardless of the color of the skin we live in, when the Spirit in you meets the Spirit in me, we are connected at the hip. We're gonna live forever and ever and ever in heaven, so let's focus on the Holy Spirit who lives in us and not the supernatural and not the spiritual side that will tell people, I'm better than you. Hope you receive that. Great question, keep them coming. The next question, how do you stay encouraged when you find yourself surrounded by people who don't have faith, And walk the walk with God let me read that again how do you stay encouraged when you find yourself surrounded by people who don't have faith and walk the walk of God well the question would be are you a strong spiritual person if you are a strong spiritual person you want to be around people who are not on your level You want to be around people who may not do the right things all the time. You want to be around people who may not even believe in Christ. Because you are a living witness. Not beating them over the head with the Bible. Not telling them they're going to go to hell. Turn or burn. No, you you love them. You live the life that's worthy of a child of God. You show them the Christ in you. So if you're just surrounded by people who all love Jesus and we have a howdy, howdy good time and we're all going to heaven, then it's the wrong group of people. As I said already, the church needs to be in the world. We're in the world, but not of the world, but we still need to be in the world to show the world that there is a difference. That's why whatever God delivered you from, you ought to go back to it. Listen to what I'm saying. Whatever sin God delivered you from and you're done with that sin, you have been delivered from that sin, be it drug addiction, be it extramarital affairs, be it stealing money, whatever that sin was and God delivered you and you know you have been delivered, that's your ministry. Maybe you were homeless and God delivered you and now you're a homeowner, you go back to that homeless community and say, God did it for me, he'll do it for you. So let's not overthink this. Whatever you've been delivered from, that's your ministry. So don't be afraid of being around people who don't act right. Don't be afraid around people who are not as spiritual as you. You, Again, you don't beat them over the head with your spirituality, but you show them. That I used to be like you. And God changed my life and he'll change your life. So you need to stay around them. They don't have enough faith. You share your faith with them. They're not strong enough. You be that standard bearer. You be that strong man or that strong woman. They don't know what to do. You show them the way. That is your ministry. Everybody's always asking God, Lord, why did you create me? Lord, what do you want me to do? Your ministry is what God delivered you from. Use that to your benefit and to the benefit of others. Amen? Great question. Questions are still coming in. What else do you have for me? Amen? Amen? What are your thoughts of falling in love versus growing in love? Huh, interesting. My thoughts of falling in love versus growing with love, semantics. You fall in love, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing you can ever do. Let me say that on the front end. But falling in love is one thing, but in order to have a harmonious marriage, to stay married forever and ever and ever, you grow in love. That's how you can stay married. My wife and I have been married for 34 years and and we're still growing in love. And the way we're growing in love, first we fell in love, but we didn't stay there. Because seasons change, things change, things happen. So growing in love means that you become more sensitive to the needs of that other individual. It means that you want to outdo that other individual or the person that that you are connected to, that person you are married to. Growing in love, you, you start Doing for that person before they do for you. I love doing for my wife, and my wife loves doing for me. The reason why we have a harmonious relationship, because we have a secret competition and we don't even talk about it. She blesses me, I say, oh no, she's not gonna bless me, I'm gonna bless her. She does for me, I say, oh, if she's not gonna outdo me, I'm gonna do for her. So it becomes this repetitive thing. I do for her, she does for me, and it goes on and on and on, and then both parties are satisfied. So understand this is a lifelong thing. Falling in love is just the beginning. You notice people fall in love, but then they fall out of love because they didn't grow in that love. It is a process. Enjoy the journey. You have some good days. You have some bad days. You have some I don't feel like it days. But if you're married, you just take the D word out of the relationship. We're not going to divorce even if we have to sleep in separate bedrooms because we don't like each other right now. And men, the wife always gets the master bedroom. That's just... Standard. Don't mess up thinking you get that wrong Growing in love Falling in love is one thing But growing in love is a lifelong process As I said Enjoy the journey It is great Wonderful, wonderful question The next question Christians who are authors And write Different genres Is it wrong for them to write books About murder and sex Boom Boom. Christians who are authors and they write different things outside of Christendom. They write about murder and sex. I don't have the definitive answer on that. I got a a, a gentleman who is a a rapper who I don't know, but he, he hit me up asking if he could use rap lyrics in some of his poems that he's writing. Just, it happened just yesterday I don't know who he is and I responded it's okay to use those rap lyrics if it's not laced with profanity. It's okay to use those rap lyrics because you're pulling in the world and tying them to the word and that's a good thing. But should a, a Christian artist write books that has murder and sex and drugs you know if it is a, a novel that's going somewhere when I say going somewhere, The sex and drugs and and the negative things, the quote-unquote negative things, has a purpose to bring people to reality or bring people to Christ because that's the world we live in. We live in a world where there's sex and murder and drugs and addiction. So if it's in that realm, then I think that's a wise thing. But if you're talking about just writing it just because and there's no value to it, then that's a personal thing between you and God. I don't have the definitive answer on that. Because I, I read a lot of Stephen King books. He's a prolific writer. I've been reading Stephen King books for over 25 years. But there's something wrong, Stephen King. You don't write like that. There's something wrong with you. So you, you really have to ask God for yourself and see what he wants you to do. Amen? says, will you, the next question, will you consider live streaming Sunday school for the kids? Live streaming Sunday school for the kids. That's a wonderful question. I don't have an answer right now. We're still trying to perfect our live streaming right now. I'm not opposed to it. But see, a a lot of times people ask questions like this. It takes bodies to make these things happen. It it takes people with the skill set to set up the cameras and and things of that nature. That's that's not my skill set. So if you're volunteering to do that, then yes, bring your skill set to the church and, and show us how we can set up a live streaming for the the children, for the for the kids. But it has to be entertaining. It has to be like when we grew up, Sesame Street was entertaining and they have all these different programs now. It can't just be something that's boring, but that would be somebody who has that skill set. So if you're asking if you can do it, absolutely, if you have the desire and if you have the know-how Absolutely, let's make it happen. Because the truth is, this is our new normal. Streaming is never going to go away. I told my team this from day one when this whole pandemic broke that we had to perfect our online presence, our online presentation. So we are going to continue to do that. So if you have, again have that skill set, I would love to use you. Amen. The next question. My father and brother need a haircut bad. <laughs> My father and brother need a haircut bad, bishop. Where do you get <laughs> I see that's wrong? Where do you get your haircut? My barber is a member of the church. Amen. Next question. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful question. Now, there, there, there are still ways to cut your own hair. There's still ways that you put a guard on it. Tell your, your husband and your son and whomever to put a guard on it and cut their own hair. How about that? But I, I believe that they're going to start opening up those businesses soon. They've done it in different states. So that's going to change soon. So you can still love on that man with that long hair Love them for in sickness and in health, good or bad. Love that man anyhow. Amen. <clears throat> Great question. It says, Why do we worship at church on Sundays instead of Saturdays? Great question. The short answer is because that's the day Christ was resurrected. And that's how we honor Christ. Because he went in the grave and he was raised up early Sunday morning. So the Christian church. We honor Christ by having worship services on Sunday. But understand this, you can have church any day. There's different groups that believe worshiping on Saturday is better than Sunday, but as a Christian organization, that's the sole reason we honor the resurrection of Christ. Because if Christ did not get up out of the grave, we don't have a future and a hope. There are some people who teach that Jesus wasn't resurrected, that the Dogs or the wolves dug up his body and, and drug it away. He went to the tomb and, and drug the body away. All that is, is falsehood. But there are people who, who don't believe that we should worship on Sunday. But that's the reason Christ got up. That's why we have a future and a hope. He has risen. That's a hope. That when we leave this earth, that we too will be raised with a resurrected body with a body that will be fit for heaven forever and ever and ever. That's what the scriptures say. That's what we believe. And see, when people start questioning what the Bible says, tell them according to the scriptures. When people start uh, questioning Paul about why he believed what he believed, Paul said, according to the scriptures. Don't put that pressure on me. According to the scriptures. So you have to ask yourself, do you believe in the word of God? Man did not write the word of God. God breathed the word into existence. So according to the scripture, according to God, Jesus was resurrected on the third day morning with all power and authority. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And the right hand is always a position of power. He is our power source. That's why you can't go to the Father directly. You go to the Father through Jesus. I talked about this already. You pray in the name of Jesus. If you're not praying in the name of Jesus, you're wasting your time. It's because you sign that prayer in the name of Jesus, that God the Father hears that prayer and that God sends the anointing of the Holy Spirit to answer that prayer in you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless me, heal me, give me a new direction. Father, in the name of Jesus, allow me to flourish on this side of heaven. Father, protect me from this COVID-19 virus, this coronavirus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you're not done with me. Father God, pauses when you call on the name of Jesus. Then no. Other name, there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Call this name Jesus. When that car spins out of control, you're not going to have time to grab your Bible. You better call on the name of Jesus. Amen? Great, great question. The next question. What is the difference between celibacy and abstinence? It was told to me differently just recently. Please give me clarity. Celibacy means that, that, well, basically, they're almost in the same vein. If you're celibate, you are just abstaining from sex. And celibacy can also say that you are a virgin, you never had sex. Abstinence means that you've had sex and you just no longer want to have sex. Or, or you're abstaining for a season. When you fast and pray, you can abstain from your husband or from your wife say, we're not going to do this because I'm giving my full attention unto the Lord. So they're right in, in the same group, basically. But celibacy and abstinence... It's right there under the same umbrella, just different terminology. Amen? Great, great question. And If you are celibate in this day and age and you are single, God bless you. Because this world will tell you that there's something wrong with you, but you are giving yourself unto the Lord until he sends you that right person, that right mate. So I commend you. The next question. Is a COVID-19 testing site drive-through or walk-in and in which building? So you don't follow me on Facebook. Let me start right there. I posted that on Facebook over and over again. I'm just funny. It is a walk-in site. I asked for a drive-through. Maybe that's where you got it from. I wanted it to be a drive-through because I felt that would be more convenient it's like we have our drive-through feeding. The people come in and they pick up their, their food. It's a great, great operation. Operation. We do it twice a month, share that with somebody. We're still feeding people here at Crossword. Wonderful, wonderful thing to see. And if you want to participate, you can come out second and fourth Saturday and join us. How we pack up the food and we stand out with our masks and people drive by, it's such a blessing. We're, we're close to feeding a thousand people right now with the drive-through. So I asked the county to have a drive-through corona Corona, thank you, testing. But they said they have so many drive through facilities in the county, so they wanted to do a walk-in. So it is what it is. So you have to call the 1-800 number that's on my Facebook post and on the Crossword website. Call the 800 number to schedule an appointment to come in because they need your information before you just walk in. Amen? But get the test done. You may be asymptomatic and you don't even know it. Get the test done. Again, it's important because it affects black and brown. And, and see, let me let me share this. This has a sidebar. We complain about racism and we complain about they don't like me and this, that, and the other. This virus is affecting black and brown more than any other demographic, any other racial group. You have a vehicle here at Crossword. If we don't utilize it, they're going to shut it down in 30 days. Let me say it again. I asked for it. They gave it to us here at Crossword. We are the only facility in Moreno Valley that has a testing site. I pray that they'll open up more, but right now we are it. But it's a 30 day trial. In other words, if we are just too busy to come in or we don't believe in that testing stuff, they they will shut it down after 30 days. If they see that it's viable and black and brown people, all people could come through, but it's primarily black and brown that are being impacted by this, if we don't come in and get tested, they don't say, well, they don't care about their own life. They don't care about themselves. And then we will claim racism. See, we need to take responsibility for our own life. We need to take responsibility. We need to do what we can do. Marino Valley is 57% Latino, 18% African American. We need to be tested. We don't want our babies dying. We need to step to the forefront. Otherwise it would be 30 days And the county would say we tried They didn't want it Share it with somebody That it's here now And we want it to continue Amen Appreciate you Appreciate you and love you Next question Will we continue with some, on, some of the online formats Like online Bible study After we've been released To resume our normal services Absolutely As I said already Online is here to stay That's why we're perfecting it. We're reaching more people online than we're reaching with people in the seats. And that's a good thing. We have people watching us from England right now, from Barbados right now. We have people watching us from all over the world. It's a great vehicle, a great tool to use to spread the good news of the gospel. So even after we return to our churches, we want to perfect this, but we need a team. Right now, I have Pastor Coop here, Minister Max here. They're working the computers and helping me get this broadcast out. But these are my preachers. They should be ministering in other areas right now, but we don't have the manpower. So if you have that skill set, that's a ministry. Because this ministry is going to continue to grow. Amen? Online is here to stay. It's the new normal, and that's not a bad thing. Now, the, the Bible says that we are supposed to reach the whole world for Christ. Now we are without excuse. We are live and streaming everything we do at the church. It's a God thing. Let's turn a bad thing into a God thing. Amen? Amen. Next question. What does it mean when I'm weak, that that's when I'm strong? I'm sorry, you're referring to what Paul said. When I'm weak, I'm strong. It's a mindset. It's a spirit. It's an attitude. When I'm weak, I'm strong because I have God's anointing in me. See, we need to start, stop focusing on just the, the physical man or the physical woman. It's the spirit, as I said already, the spirit's gonna live forever. So what Paul's saying, when I'm weak, I'm strong because God anoints me. When I'm about to give up, God gives me the strength. He gives me the power and the authority. And if you've ever done anything in this life, you know life is hard. If you've been married for a length of time, you know marriage is difficult. So the physical pastor, just puts hands up, see. In Jesus' name, his wife's gonna get him for that one. But the truth is, we are more spiritual than we are physical. So even though I feel weak, I am strong because I am anointed. The Spirit of God will stand up in me when I feel like I can't make it. And as a pastor, I'm not ashamed to share with you, sometimes I don't know if I can make it, sometimes I'm just tired. Because I'm doing this ministry, doing a Bible study, preparing sermons, going to city council meetings. I'm doing the work, of the going to hospital visits. You tell me, before the COVID-19 outbreak, doing all these things. And sometimes I get tired. And sometimes I show up on Sunday morning to preach. I said, Lord, I'm tired. I got to go out here and preach. It's amazing. God will stand up in me. And I will preach the word and people will get saved, and I don't feel any tiredness, any weariness. I'm bringing the word, and I get home after church and start watching TV, and a half hour later, I'm knocked out. See, sometimes God wants you to understand that you are weak, because it's His power in you that will keep you going forward. If you start relying on your own intellect, your own skill set, your own talent, you start relying on your degree, start relying on you, I'm the man, I'm the woman, I can do this, you're not tying into the Spirit. So when I'm weak, Paul's saying, when I'm weak, I'm strong because God is with me. The Lord is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. That's why I say often, pray to the Holy Spirit. As I said earlier, we pray, Father God, Lord Jesus, but we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the God who lives in you. Talk to the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit... What does my Father want me to do during this season that we are in? That's the anointing. Amen? Great, great question. Is it possible to have service in the parking lot of the church? I know some churches are doing that. God has not led me to do that more like a drive-in theater. But see, here's the thing. It gets so complicated. It sounds good, but the state right now says if you have a parking lot service, the the car's got to be six feet apart. Okay, who thought that one up? So it's not something God has put on my heart at this point. I don't know the mechanics of it. We have to bring all the speakers outside and, and the whole nine yards. And I don't know how impactful that will really be, honestly. I, I think the way we're doing it now, more people are tuning in, more families are gathering together in their living room, and families are connected together from different states, watching the same program and talking about it afterwards, talking about this, the same service. And talking about it afterwards. So I think that's the vehicle that God has given us right now. Now all that is fluid. I'm open to anything, but right now, God has not placed that on my heart. Amen? Bishop, are we walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now? We've always been walking through the valley of death, the shadow of the valley of death. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I should fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's the world. If you walk down the street at night, you walk walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But understand this. I have a painting here. A matter of fact, let's see if I can show it to you one time. It's right on my wall. Everybody always asks me about that painting. It's a painting of a soldier, a soldier in armor. He's on a horse. And he's riding through, it looks like destruction. It's a horrible looking portrait. I saw it online. I liked it so much. I ordered it and my wife got it framed. But it's a a knight on the horse and there's a a dog walking next to him and there's skulls on the ground and there's dark trees and there's demons in the background. But this knight on this horse, he has a smile on his face. And people ask me, what's that picture mean? It looks weird. But when you look at the top of that picture, there's a, a castle on the top of the hill. And the knight is walking past the Demons and the dogs and the skulls, but he has to smile because he's going to the mountaintop. He's on his way up the hill. He's on his way up to the castle. So that symbolizes, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. He had the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, even though demons are around me, even though hell is around me, even though disease is around me, I can have a semblance of peace. Again, that's what the word said. the peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't know why we have peace in the middle of a divorce, peace in the middle of a storm, peace in the middle of getting laid off, peace in the middle of being terminated, peace in the middle of trying to deal with child abuse and and spousal abuse, all the ills of the world. But when we have the anointing, we have the peace of God and it gives us the ability to walk in the very shadow of death but we fear no evil for God is with us through the spirit wherever we go that's why you stay prayed up that's why you have to be dogmatic about your faith if God be for me who can be against me I challenge you to look in the mirror tonight and say you know what we're going to make it through look at self just talk to you say self we're going to make it through this oh we're not going to get sick See, don't don't tell anybody. I know it's only one person watching. I'm just going to tell you. I I say it all the time. I know I'm not going to get sick. I know I'm not. Lord, I'm anointed. Lord, you have a purpose for me. And then I'm so bored. I say, Lord, if I do get sick, they're going to talk about you. Lord, you know I need to be healthy. See, that's a relationship. You can talk to your daddy like that. Just be normal. The way, and we're we're going to close with this, but the way preachers pray on Sunday, that's not the way we pray when we're by ourselves. We practice how to pray on Sunday because we're called to pray to encourage the people. But just like anybody else, when we're going through, we say, Lord, help. Lord, I need you right now. Lord, the, the demons are attacking me right now. Lord, I have some doubt right now. Let not a man who doubts think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Let not a woman who doubts think that she will receive anything from the Lord. But Lord, I have some doubts right now. Lord, strengthen me. See, that's how you are are, are real with God. That's how you have a real spiritual connection with God when you're just honest. Stop overthinking it. I can tell you so many stories that the very person who shouts all the time and glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, that may not be the person you need to be with. You need somebody who's just down to earth. Say, you know, what, baby, I sinned in the past also. You know, what, baby, I, I had a baby out of wedlock and they're looking at you crazy. Well, they looked at me the same way, but look at how God has restored me. See, this season that God has us in, he's calling real people to stand in the gap. Real people who are not afraid of the gospel of Christ. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Within the gospel of Christ, there's power, there's authority, there's freedom, there's deliverance. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's the season we are in. God has anointed you. The anointed of God is not selective. God has anointed you. You got to believe it. I can't believe it for you. I can tell you, I can encourage you, but you have to believe it. Whatever arena God wants you to be in, God has anointed you. That's why we come together in the church house. So we all can share our skill set. We can share, share our giftedness. That's what Christianity is about. We are a family. So you need to figure out what God wants you to do. Maybe God put the whole world on Paul so you can finally wake up and say, Lord, use me. Maybe he shut down the whole wide world just to get your attention. You are important to this world. Don't you give up On God, he will never give up on you. Amen? You guys are awesome. Thank you for your questions. We're going to to continue this dialogue. We're going to continue this discussion. I I just think that this is good. Somebody asked a question. I saw it. It didn't come across tonight. but Somebody asked a question about me teaching a series on prayer. Will you teach a series on prayer? And when, when I, I saw that, I started to shout because this Wednesday, I'm teaching on prayer. Said that's God co-signing what I've already done. Amen. I'm preaching on effective prayer is found in Jesus. This Wednesday, Wednesday night Bible study, 7 to 8 p.m. Effective prayer. Actually, I only go about 35 minutes even though we say 8 p.m., it'd be at 7 to 7.35. Effective prayer is found in Jesus. I'm going to give you the foundation of prayer. I'm going to walk you through the book of Revelation as a foundation, and then we're going to deal with prayer. How can you get a prayer through? How can you get a prayer through the roof of your house, through the ceiling in your room, so that it can get to the throne of grace? We're going to deal with that. Effective prayer is found in Jesus. Again, love and appreciate you. I will see you next week. God bless you.